Hallelujah. Let's get going today. It's good to see everybody at church. Hallelujah. Well, let's begin in prayer today. Father, thank you for a wonderful opportunity on this day in May. God, that you have provided a way for us to meet, celebrate the goodness of life, and all that you're doing in our life. I pray that, God, that today, that, God, that we would be able to receive the word that God goes forth. God, I pray that you would anoint the words that I speak, that, God, that it might be clear to these wonderful people. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I love that song, and I, I need light in the darkness, and I need a promise keeper, but how many's with me? We need a way maker. All right, this is the chapel, right? All right, just too many cookies, too many coffee. Let me give you some quick announcements. Remember the these things. Uh we're going to have an outreach to our community in the children's area of VBS on June 20th through the 23rd. There'll be a meeting following the service. If you're interested, please attend that. Also, all of our graduates that are graduating this year from, I don't care what you're graduating from, junior high, high school, college, uh, bus training, anything, your graduation, we're going to have a graduation service kind of following one of our services on the first Sunday of June and just appreciate you. Also, uh, you'll be hearing more about this, but at the end of the service, we'll have a meeting. Uh, one is the VBS, but the other one is uh, about evangelism. And if you'd like to be a part and learn more about that, please attend that. You'll hear more in a few minutes. Also, uh, we have a celebration service, a memorial service for Daryl Roselle. That was our sound man for years. Daryl means a lot to a lot of us in the church. And that will be on Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock right here at the chapel. Um, would love to have you come. Uh, that'll be at 2 o'clock again Tuesday. Um, you know, there, there's something about being a part of a church and it's part of a family. And... Uh, uh, this week, I was spending some time with Daryl's family, uh, just kind of preparing some things as I do for uh, funerals or memorial services. And uh, the, the one thing that kept coming out is how much that he loved the church. And, uh, you know, being the pastor, I can, I can relate to that because I love our church. And uh, this morning, as, as I speak on the subject that I am, uh, I, I want you to just kind of take some time, and um, some of you have been here for, you know, six weeks, and some of you have been here for 600 years, you know what I mean, in the church, and I exaggerate for a point, because sometimes you think that, you know, it was last week that I came, and then you started adding up, it was 2004, I came to the church in 2000, or something like that, so this morning, um, I've been, I've been speaking on, you know, being uh, blessed and the whole thing about our lives as believers. We're not just lucky, 
But everything that we have is because of the grace and mercy of God on our lives, the, the favor that God has given to us. Um, this morning, my message is entitled, Blessed to Quench the Thirsty. And the, the idea is that we're blessed to be a blessing. And we know that when we just take some time, you know, because we're, we're kind of in a culture of our country that is kind of somewhat cynical and we look at it and we can reflect, but most of the time we look at it, we, we look kind of with what we don't have. You know, if I just had this or if I had that, uh, if I was over there. Um, but when you think about, again, those three huge things that we all pray with and pray for people and pray for ourselves is you know, our health, and then we pray about our relationships, and then we pray for our finances, and, and you know, God has blessed us. But this morning, I want us to realize that we're not just blessed to say, you know, I'm rich in my health, I'm rich in my relationships, I'm rich in my money, but we're, we're rich or we're blessed, and therefore we can be a blessing that on every occasion that we look to be a blessing. Can I get somebody in this dark, quiet building to say amen to that? Okay, it, it doesn't hurt to participate. Just jump in there. When we talk about things like whatever gets your attention, gets your focus, and whatever you have your focus on will get your direction, and over time, that's the direction and the destination you're going to get. And, and a lot of times, it's not because somebody's bad. They've just lost focus. And after a while, they, they lose attention of what's important in their life. And uh, as believers, it is important for you know, uh, us to realize that there's a reason in coming to church. That One is the fivefold ministry of the apostle and the prophet. Uh, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor, all bringing and building up the body of believers for service. And, and sometimes we, we lose lose sight of what's so important and the things, you know, we're, we're all believing for things in our life, and that's why we have faith for things in our life. But there's some things, and it, it, when I say this, it almost sounds like, oh, did he say that? But there's some things that we don't even have to pray about and, and we know that walking in love is one of those things because that's, that's what we do. That's what the believer does. But another thing that sometimes we, it's, it's right there. It's so important, but we lose sight of it. We've lost focus of it. And that is the Great Commission. And, you know, somebody said, what part of go don't you understand? You know, go into all the world. And, and sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you know, we tend to think that that is common sense, but we know that common sense isn't common practice. Can I get an amen on that? And so as we're talking about being blessed and being a blessing, sometimes we lose sight of that. And the thought of the, uh, the let, let, me, let me just shock you with a little intelligence again. The, the reticular activating system of our brain, you know, that when we, when we think about it, when we're primed to think about it, all of a sudden it's amazing how many things we see about that. I, I give the uh, illustration of the black truck. First time I bought my truck brand new, you know. <laughs> Woo! What color am I going to get? 
black. You know why? Because nobody owns a black truck. <laughs> I'll be the only one out there. Until I bought it and I drove. Everybody has a black truck. Because I was focused on the black truck. Again, as believers, if, if we lose focus of winning the lost, it becomes something that we do not see when God puts us in that place. Um, I, I often pray, and when I pray, I realize what I'm doing is I'm activating that. I'm activating being aware of God putting me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about everything that God has for me. But listen, everything for that person. I can look by the, or I can see by the look on your face, you're amazed at that. But I pray God put me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people, to bring about all that you have for me and my destiny. But God, here's what I pray too is, Please make me aware when I'm in that spot. Because I, I know that a lot of times I'll look back with 2020 hindsight and I go, wow, I missed it. I don't, I don't want to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. Because eternity is at stake. And, and if we look at it not with a, a guilty conscience, but if we look at it that we don't want to miss it, eternity is too long to be wrong. And we've got to be focused that when God puts us in that right place at the right time, that we can take that opportunity as it it, it presents itself. Uh, let me try to be funny for a minute before we get into the passage of Scripture. Have you ever thought about how certain people throughout history would ask or maybe answer a question? Uh, so this is the question. Why did the chicken cross the road? If Donald Trump was asked that, he would say, chickens love me more than any other president. We don't really care why the chicken crossed the road. I'm not going to imitate chicken cross the road. We just want to know if the chicken is on our side of the road or not. The chicken is either with us or against us. There is no middle ground. If Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, Our former children's pastor. All right. No, Arnold. He said he would say it like this. I don't know why the chicken crossed the road, but I do know it will be back. All right. Dr. Seuss, did the chicken cross the road? Did he cross it with a toad? Yes, the chicken crossed the road, but why he crossed it, I've never been told. Okay. Barbara Walters. Isn't that interesting? In a few moments, we will be listening to the chicken tell for the first time the heartwarming story of how it experienced a serious case of molting and went to accomplish its lifelong dream of crossing the road. Colonel Sanders was asked, and he said, Why? Because I missed one. <laughs> if the Bible addressed this question, it would say, And God came down from the heavens, and he said unto the chicken, Thou shalt cross the road. And the chicken crossed the road, and there was much rejoicing. And lastly, President Biden. Why did the chicken cross the road? Come on, man. Some of you will get that later. This morning, if certain people were asked... A question, how, how would they answer? And, and that's 
why we have the word of God, because it's our example. And, uh, you know, the thought is, you know, why or would Jesus and how would he be interested in the people that are in our life that are not believers? And, you know, we have our thought of who Jesus is and, you know, he looks a lot like us. That, that's what we put him as, is that's who he is. But Jesus is so much more than what our perception is. And, and the question is, what would he do if he was in our shoes? Because a lot of times we say, what would Jesus do? You know, and that, that famous kind of that phrase kind of puts us in track or it puts us on the right road. But when, when it comes to our circle of influence. And, and today, I, you know, in, in preparing this message, I, I tried to think, let, let's get as simple as we can because so many have excuses, and, and I do too. I, I, I don't always pick up on cues of being in that right place at the right time. And this morning, if you would, we're going to talk in, about John chapter 4. And, and does Jesus care about our circle of influence? The, you know, we're all leaders. Leadership is nothing but influence. And we all have influence in those people that are around us. It, I want you to see, th- this can be brought to your mind when you hear the woman at the well. And, and I'm not going to read this passage of Scripture in detail, just parts of it. But the, the main thing I want you to understand is it starts out with his disciples and him, Jesus, coming to Samaria, which is not really a friendly place. And if, if you've ever watched the, the series that's out now called The Chosen, I, I love how they demonstrate or illustrate that point is they're like, where are we going, Jesus? And he says, we're going to go here. And, and they go, well, that's going to take this amount of time. And he goes, no, we're gonna, it's going to take this amount of time. And they kind of scratch their head. What, what, how's that going to happen? He says, we're going to go through Samaria. And they go, what? And they try to talk him out of it in the TV series. Why? Because Samaria wasn't a friendly place for Jews. And, and they didn't want to go. It was going to be a hard road to go. And, and they were going to be in a place which wasn't comfortable. And a lot of times when we're in a place that we know that somebody doesn't know God, it, it's uncomfortable for us and it, it's kind of awkward. And, it, and I, may, let's wait until we are, so to speak, in, on our home court, you know, our, our home field, you know, where we, we know other people. But, but this is a place that's not real friendly. And I want you to see some just things that maybe if you read it, you would see it. But I want to bring it out again to get your attention. You know, hey, everybody, oh, there, get your attention and get your focus. And, and I want you to see this because Jesus comes to this place and his disciples leave him to go into Samaria to get food. And I don't believe it's an accident what happens next because Jesus prayed all the time. And here he is at a situation at a well With a lady, again, an awkward situation. She's coming in the midday instead of the morning with all the other ladies because of her reputation. I I believe Jesus is there for her, for a reason. Now, now I want you to see some things that are so easy. Jesus doesn't do any miracles today. He doesn't have a glow on him that's going to be someone's going, wow, who are you? Most of the time, that's you too. Amen, from the Brazilian in the back, amen. 
Now listen, she is there for a reason. She's there to get water. She's not there to get saved. And Jesus begins to talk to her, and, and you can see that she's really not an eager convert. She's not like, wow, amaze me. But, but when you start reading this, she's indifferent. And probably because of who she is and her reputation and why she's there at midday, she's like, why, why are you talking to me? He starts bringing up her past and getting a little too close. And, and you can see through the conversation, she tries to sidetrack. Have you, have you been there before? Hopefully you've been there before where you've shared your faith with somebody. And a lot of times when you get into the place where people go, what, what are you doing? They'll try to sidetrack you from really giving them the answer that's going to change their eternity. Do, do you know what eternity is? Forever. I used to at altar calls try to scare the hell out of people. You know what I mean? Because that's literally what I was doing, but not the slang or the bad word. But I would say, you know what eternity is? If a fly, just a house fly, could fly and get one grain of sand off the beach and fly all the way to the moon, if it could, just stick with me, fly all the way to the moon and leave that little grain of sand on the moon and fly all the way back and get one more, just one. I'm telling you, one little grain of sand off the beach and fly all the way back. When the earth was transformed all the way up into the moon by that little fly, eternity would just be beginning. Okay, you got my point. Eternity's forever. And this lady goes, oops, I'm going to sidetrack because it's a little uncomfortable, but Jesus stays right at it. And what he says and how he says it will end up changing this lady and saying this, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? In other words, could this be the God of the universe? That's how her life will be changed from a lady that starts out going, eh, who are you? Keep that in mind. Hopefully someone's not going to call you God of the universe, okay? But someone will possibly say, that person helped change my eternity. When you read this, another thing that's common sense is when you read all this passage of Scripture, you say, I could do that. Again, Jesus is just there communicating words just like you and I can do. So, so let me give you these, and when you're done, you're going to go, that's pretty simple. And that's why I preached this message today. The first thing that I want you to see out of this passage of Scripture, or this whole passage, is the first thing is Jesus talked to her. <laughs> As a pastor, I'm amazed how many people just won't talk to somebody. Well, I'm not really into evangelism. Can you talk? Let's begin easy. Let's do baby steps. Let's just change direction, and over time, you'll get there. Just baby talk. When you see somebody, this isn't talking. You want it slow motion? You're a believer. You're the child of a king. Talk. Say, that's nothing big, but that's what he did. And that's more than most Christians, just to talk. Now, this is the key. That Jesus, when you read this, he talked 
to her instead of at her. That's so huge because a lot of times Christians think going into evangelism that they have to be so big and mighty to convince somebody. But she just talked, or he just talked to her. You know, I heard an illustration, this was years ago, that I wanted to share. And it was about a lady, and uh, she was in Berlin. And one of the students that she went to school with while she was in this foreign country, she was uh, a Muslim. And, and the, the young lady that was a Muslim, she just wanted to, the Christian wanted just to explain the goodness of God to her. But she got caught up in the whole school, in, in the argument basis of evangelism that's called um, apologetics, and, and she began to talk to her on the Bible versus the Quran or Christian values versus Muslim values. And, and the lady would just kind of be like, you know, I'm not interested. And she went to a missionary, and, and the missionary just said, why don't you just tell them about Jesus and the love of Jesus? The young lady went back to the school and began to pray. And she thought, I'm going to do that, but I want to spend time in the Gospels just before I do that. So for a, a period of weeks, she just studied the Gospels and the life story of Jesus. You know, a lot of people listen to the historical Jesus, but not the biblical Jesus. But they'll never realize that the historical Jesus comes from the word of the Bible. So just share and so the young lady began to study, and, and then finally she, she spent some time with the young lady that was a Muslim, and they began to build a relationship. They began to eat together. They began to talk together, coffee together. They would go out and, you know, go on different occasions together. And, and the opportunity came, and she sat down, and she began to say, you know what, I, I just want to tell you a story. And she began to tell the life of Jesus. And as she began to tell the story, she looked over at her friend and she began to cry. And she said, you know what, why haven't you ever told me this before? There, there's nobody, we don't have anybody in the Muslim faith like Jesus. I, I need him in my life. Again, Jesus just talked to people and not at them just talking to them. The second thing that is just so easy is then Jesus would talk about spiritual things. Now watch this. He begins to talk about water, which she needs. And he uses that, you could say, as a springboard to talk about eternal things that were going to matter. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Isn't that amazing how he uses something that they're both needing right then because he asked for a drink of water. She's there to get water for her house. And he takes something so easy and something that they can both agree on and then begins to talk about spiritual things. In our lives, you'll be around people every day that you'll have something in common with. You might talk about a hobby that you both share. I mean, come on. I've been in places where they've talked about border collies, and I have a border collie dog. And so I begin to talk to somebody about dogs, if it's at Walmart. if it's There's always something that you can find in common. 
Uh, John Maxwell had a book out that really was wild. And one of the principles was the 101 principle. It's this, because I, I tried to figure it out before I read the chapter. And here's what the, the whole chapter was about. You can find something in common with everybody, 1%. Whatever it is that you can find in common with that person, that 1%, if it's only 1% that you can have in common with that person, find that 1% and then throw 100% of your effort behind it. And that'll build a relationship with that person. This is what Jesus is doing. He, he's just simply talking about something. If it's sports, TV, hobbies, even politics, come on now. Why do we get uncomfortable talking to somebody and then begin to share something that we have in common? And that's what's creating a thirst in this lady that is there. And here she is at a well trying to get water. She's awkward about her identification of who she is because of her reputation of her past. She's talking to a man, and on top of that, he's a Jewish man. And it's not long until she finds out that he's interested in her by sharing something in common. You know, let me, let me if you're taking notes, this is something that uh, works most of the time for me. Offer to pray for them about a need in their life. Offer to pray with them about a, not, not for them later. Because that's what we all do. I'm going to be praying for you later. But just offer to pray with them about something right then. You know what that does? It talks to them about, I'm caring for you right now. But also, it's putting your faith on the line that you believe that our God is big enough right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. And a lot of times when I've been able to do that, their eyes get very big and they go, let's pray. I don't think I've ever been around somebody that said, oh, I would do, do. They said, please pray for me. It creates a thirst in them. This person that's praying with me believes that God loves me right here and right now. Yeah. Have you ever also been around somebody that could tell their story about what God's done for them? Isn't that, for me, it's intriguing that somebody, first of all, knows their story. But somebody that knows what God's done for them and can communicate that in a short amount of time. I'm not talking about, in 1967, you know, you oh no, that's a long story coming. But if you have somebody that can clearly communicate, I, I remember, you know, when Johnny came back from Cambodia and he was so excited. Where's Johnny? Johnny Parker right here. Mark's pointing at Austin. You threw me off, Mark. <laughs> do, you, do you remember Johnny? And I said, man, and Johnny was just bubbling over. And I said, you know what? You're going to have an amazing amount of people that want to know that story. Just, just practice putting it in a short amount of time and people will want to get involved. The next time I heard Johnny was right here around the platform and I could tell he had about 60 minutes that he had pared down to three. And there was so much of an excitement in him because of what he has experienced in his life. Just tell him the story. That's what I'm asking you to do. 
begin to think about what God's done in your life. As we are, you know, commissioned to go into all the world, sometimes we think that we have to be the defense attorney for Jesus, the creator of the universe. When Jesus says, all you have to be is a witness. Just tell what you've witnessed in your life. And that takes the pressure off the person that is sharing their faith. Just tell your story. Practice. There's nothing unspiritual about somebody that's practiced telling their story in a concise way. He talked with the woman. He talked with her about spiritual things. But this is the one that I think a lot of you will have missed if you've ever shared your faith. And and it'll take so much pressure off. Number three is he let her go. Now, let me read this. John 4, 25 says, The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Now, that didn't want to get you, but you're talking to somebody that just said... I'm the Messiah. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. I put a little emphasis that wasn't there, but anyway. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her jar, the woman went back to the town. He let her go. See, sometimes we we miss this part. He let her go. If you've ever been sharing your faith with somebody and you kind of get anxious and there's a little nervous and there's a little fear of failure and leading somebody to make a decision to Christ and, and that's your desire and that's there, there's something about letting somebody go before that happens that you feel like oh, I missed it. He's the Messiah. He has just said that he was Messiah and he lets her go. If it had been me, I would have said, hey, guys, could you stay over there at a little distance? You're making us both nervous. Hey, can I just finish what I'm saying to you? But he let her go. I know that people here today is going to have to process this a little bit, but let me just help you out a little bit. Study after study, when somebody comes to know Christ after a certain age of about 18 There's something about that there's 9 to 26 people that have shared their faith or experience or something. 9 to 26 events that have taken place in that person's life. 9 to 26. The least being 9 times that they've heard somebody talk to them about Jesus. There used to be a song that would sing or there was sung on the Christian radio that said something about, you know, that it, it takes 15 touches from Christians to lead somebody to Christ. And, and, and it says that, you know, at, at the end, it's, or the chorus comes up with nine, uh, one to 15 times. He says, I want to be number 15. And as we go into sharing our faith, we're always praying that we're number 15. 
We're the person that actually leads them. But it's all those people that have touched that person to get them to understand the love of God in their life. Here's what I want you to realize today. If it takes 15 touches, it doesn't all depend on you. (laughs) Doesn't that feel good? I said, doesn't that feel good? Now, now I know some of you are spiritual and you go, you know, Pastor, I'm always number 15. But doesn't that feel good? You can go in and you can talk to somebody and build a relationship with somebody just by talking to them, not at them. And then allow yourself to to lead into spiritual things that matter. You don't have to get into the book of Revelations or Daniel. Come on. And you've known people. Haven't you done that before? Have you ever ran into somebody that knows how to scare the out of you? This week, I'm showing the retail building to a restaurant. A guy that's doing a restaurant. And he comes in and he says, you're a pastor of the church? I say, yes. He goes, are you sharing the 15 minutes in hell that that one book says? And I say, got to go in about two. He wanted to get on the people. I know that there's an urgency. I'm not saying that. But again, just sharing your faith and talking to somebody can change their eternity. Let let me end with this. I, I don't think, again, Jesus was there by accident. I don't think it was a mistake that he was there. And, and the reason I believe that is because Jesus prayed all the time. What time of day? Morning, afternoon, and night, okay? He prayed all the time. And, and as we know that as Paul had an intense prayer life, he asked people to continue to pray. Why was it that he would ask? Listen to this. In Colossians, it's different than in the book of Ephesians. We know that. Two different churches. But in Colossians, he says this. Pray for us that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Would you please pray, Paul says, for me, that God would open a door? In other words, would you pray just like what Jesus, to create an opportunity for me to meet a lady at the well? And then in Ephesians, he says this, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Again, just, just pray for me. Again, praying for an opportunity goes way more than just God bless our food to our body. Amen. Let's eat. There's an intention that when you're there in the morning, maybe at your quiet time or whenever it is, whenever it is, you say, God, this morning, I, I know that you have blessed me. And God, you have blessed me to be a blessing. And it's more than giving a few bucks to somebody or or patting someone on the back. It's more than that. It's sharing my faith. The most important thing that will change somebody that I can be a blessing to is just tell them about the love of God and lead them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ that they might make a decision for themselves. Would you be open 
for me to pray for you an opportunity to share your faith this week, this month, this year. That somebody that hasn't made a choice for Jesus Christ Let me sit this way. I've done a lot of funerals for saved people that are full engaged in God and then people that are not. And the one thing is I'm not the judge, but I know one thing is everybody when this life is over wants to go to heaven. And I know that everybody in hell right this moment would have loved somebody to tell them about the love of God, that their life would be changed for eternity. As a church and as a pastor, I want to bring your attention to this so that you move it from the back of your brain and you know, move out what you're going to do for lunch today and move out of the way, you know, what work is going to be done tomorrow and bring it up to the forefront so that it keeps you in focus of what's important. Now, as a church, we want to equip you as much as we can. And I know that some people say, you know, I, I, can, I can tell my story. I, I can talk with people instead of at people. And I, I can talk about some spiritual things. But maybe you've just never been, you remember, maybe you have never been taught how just to share your faith. I, I want Curtis, if Curtis would come at this time. Curtis, I, I believe, is, uh, works in the office of an evangelist and just sharing his faith. And he's done this several times. And he is going to share some things about what our church is going to do in the next few weeks. Hello. How are y'all this evening? My name is Curtis Evans. Please pray for me as the pastor has only allowed me 45 minutes to tell you about sharing your faith. I'm just kidding. We know that's not the way to do it, don't we? That's what we call a canned approach where you memorize it and go up there and it makes everybody nervous. But what we are going to do at the chapel, get my real notes out, what we're going to do at the chapel is uh, open up a class for evangelism. It's, uh, it's an off, offbeat of uh, evangelism explosion. It's a little bit modified version of that. I don't know if anybody's ever had that or not. Uh, it's a seven-week course, and it's two hours a night each week, one, one, uh, a Monday of each week for seven weeks. We're going to teach you how to present the gospel, uh, half, the, half the class. The other half the class, we're going to take you outside to the streets and go door to door. Now, you bunch is a lot scarier to me than going to your neighbor. <laughs> I can go to your neighbor and tell him the gospel real easy. But uh, getting up in front of a large group is a little different. But we're going to teach this course. This will teach you how to uh, present the gospel to your friends and your family, uh, relatives and neighbors. And even your enemies. It, uh, it'll be taught, like I said, half the class will be inside. 
and half the class be outside of the building. Uh, we ask that if you're bilingual, you will be very favored. I don't mean to be favored, but you will be very appreciated. Sometimes we get to a point where it's a bilingual and everything has to stop. There's nobody there to interpret. So if you're bilingual, we really appreciate that too. Ladies are really, really appreciated. Uh, the reason I say that, we get to a door and, and somebody looks out the door. If all they see is two big old gruff men, they kind of they kind of shy away from that. But if you put your lady up there, and of course she's, she's welcome to speak too. Uh, they're more apt to open the door. Uh, I kind of lost my, my spot there for a second. Uh, if, you, if you can't come or just don't want to come, please pray for us. We'll be out on Monday nights starting June 5th. June 5th is where we start around 6 o'clock. And like I said, if you can't come or don't want to come, not able to come, please pray for us. We cherish your prayers out there. We cherish your prayers. We would love to have you, and if anyone would like to uh, participate in this, if you could see me right after the service, right up here, we'll answer more questions and see what your comments are. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great job. Great job. And, and I know that we have two meetings, VBS and, but if you are interested, if you're needing to go to the VBS, we understand, but if you'd just come up to Curtis and say, I, I want to, I'm interested. I'm going to be there. And again, on Monday night, we're going to meet right here the first week in June, June 5th. That's a, a Monday night, first Monday night of June. And again, a lot of you uh, adventure people, you know what I mean? What do you like to do? I like going kayaking down a river. I like jumping out of an airplane. Curtis is going to teach you an adventure, but an adventure that you'll be talking about throughout eternity. Can, can you just, come on now, I, this is what's fun for me as a pastor. Can you imagine 7,432 years from now, somebody come up to you and saying, you knocked on my door. I had, I had a, a coffee with one of my best friends that really was my first staff member, uh, Bobby Moya. And I think there's three people still going to the church that remember Bobby. But, but Bobby was, a man, just an amazing. Now he's a pastor of a church. At 15 years of age, he was a hellion. I mean, he was raising it crazy. And he was out with a couple friends out on uh, the sidewalk, just young guy. And a guy came that was a little bit off balance, he even said. He said he's kind of a little crazy because he's just like, man, Jesus loves you. He's like, do what? Now, again, a lot of times we think that people will think we're crazy. But Bobby today is not only a believer, but again, his two sons and daughter in ministry. He was the only person in his whole extended family that was saved at that moment when he gave his heart to God on the street for that guy that just shared his faith with him. But now his uncles and aunts all through, he says, my, my uncle, he got saved. He's a minister and his three sons are chaplains in the minute are in the military. 
And he began to go through and pointed out all these people that were infected, be, uh, yeah, infected, affected because of this man that witnessed to him on the street. So it's a very great opportunity for you to be on that first meeting. Again, it'll we'll meet today. Curtis will meet. Let's let's have Curtis meet over here in the VBS. I'll meet back by the coffee. They might need some coffee working with children. So we'll have them back there a little bit. And then as the church ministers and as the people in our church minister to build up the body for service in our community. Amen? Amen. Well, again, let me bring it to your attention. If this is your first week, please fill out a visitor's card. The VBS is June 20th through the 23rd. Today there's a meeting back here by the coffee. The graduation uh, celebration is June 4th. Uh, the evangelism meeting will be right up here and also starting on the 1st of the Monday of June, and then Daryl's memorial service will be this Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. Wonderful day. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. And God, thank you for bringing this to our brains. God, the rectacular activating system, putting it in the forefront, that God, that we would be aware of when you put us in the right place at the right time, God, to share our faith. God, why do we do this? Because you have blessed us with the wisdom of why you came to die for us, to give us life to the full, to the overflow, that our sins might be forgiven, that we might spend eternity with you. And Father, we thank you for that. Now, God, as we leave this place, or God, we go to our meetings, help us to be aware of that. In your name, we ask this. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today.